0: This episode is brought to you by Challengers Comics and Conversation. Go to challengerscomics.com and start the conversation now. Daniels Law, LLC in Georgia. Visit dlawllc.com. Kerberos Productions. The minds behind the games enter the pit and Kaiju Kaijuagogo. Search for Kerberos, K-E-R-B-E-R-O-S, on Steam, or go to kerberos-productions.com to check out their growing catalog of titles.
1: Welcome to the Crossroads for April 11th, 2016. we got a really big show for you guys. We've got a lot of news. We've got that UHD 4K Blu-ray disc that you've uh, seen everybody talking about. We're going to do a little bit of explanation on that. We've got the Intercontinental Champion of Wrestlemania. We've also got uh, the results of you know Chris taunting me about something. We'll find out what it is.
0: Still Playing With Toys.net presents The Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossroads, the biggest podcast since 1909.
2: Sounds great.
0: News, interviews, and commentary on everything Ghostbusters.
1: Are you
0: the key man? Here are your hosts, Troy Benjamin and Chris Stewart.
1: I, I try to, you know, stick my head in the sand April Fool's just because I, um, I'm a spoil sport.
0: I'm like, oh,
3: God. I think we got lazy. Do you think yeah. social media made us lazy? Like, weren't we supposed to, like, do pranks? Like, you know, cling film over the uh, toilet bowl seat and stuff like that? Yeah, or? that
1: kind of stuff. But no, now it's just like, uh, hey, everybody, I'm pregnant. Like, I taped a thing. That makes yeah. no sense. <laughs> That's right. I'm pregnant. Oh, boy. Anyway. Anyway. Um, what, uh, did you end up doing the Golden Cadillac uh, mixture again? Did that did that happen for today? Because oh. you, you teased in the last episode that you are going to have a drink for tonight.
3: To. No, no, I'm still working on it. Oh, I'm dialing okay. it in. Dialing yeah. in the formula. i right. dialing in the formula, which uh. is to say, I didn't pay much attention to it yet. I will get it
1: done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're a busy guy. It makes sense. I'm it's making excuses. Right. It's all right. It's okay. But uh, you... You did say that you had another taunt. Do you want to save that for the end, or do you oh, want to? Oh, the taunt- name. Yeah. No. No. No.
3: no. Yeah. We'll hold on to that for now. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we'll hold on to that. Let's uh, let's get into the news because we have uh, we've got some exciting stuff coming up, including the WrestleMania champion. What is he WrestleMania champion? I'm I'm not a follower of of the WWE. I don't <laughs> like. Is there like a grand champion, and then there's like a, a featherweight, and then a you know is it, is it that kind of thing? No, they have different belts. Oh, okay. Uh, All
3: right. Which you then earn through different processes. Um, I think I left it behind even even earlier than you did. Uh, Canada's own, Calgary's own Maple Leaf Wrestling was still on the air when I kind of <laughs> punched it. Hulk Hogan was still a good guy, like original good guy, when I uh, kind of uh, moved on from wrestling.
1: He's, he's uh, not such a good guy right now, no. but anyway,
3: <laughs> For, Well, in real life, it... Uh, so my vague understanding of what i recall is they have things like uh, there was some sort of setup between the undertaker who i still i know the undertaker and vince mcmahon has a clone or something and they fought whoa okay all right I think, okay actually, i think it's his son but i like to pretend it's his clone <laughs> i think that makes that's funnier it's a vince good story. McMahon is, a good wrestling sending, story yeah sending clones out to fight the undertaker And it was a cage match. I know cage matches, but I think it was over. Actually, it was impressive because, like I said, I didn't watch it, but then all the clips show up online.
1: Yeah, yeah. It jumped
3: from what amounts to about two stories up onto a folding table now oh my god. it's it's technically a stunt <laughs> right like it's
1: well yeah the but table, it's still the, impressive nonetheless yeah like, the
3: table is taking the place of the of you know cardboard boxes or an airbag or whatever but still holy yeah, crap yeah
1: no it's that's impressive when they get up, <clears> up so there a, yeah like you see them that we, we, we go to the lucha vavoom and you see the dude get up on the giant loudspeaker and he dives into the crowd and you go oh my god that looks dangerous yeah. but it's fine it's no big
3: deal our man one of our own Zack Ryder, yeah zach Ryder, intercontinental uh, champ that was the that's, belt that's it, why
1: i asked because i'm like yeah. isn't it world champ but he's intercontinental so intercontinental. i figured it was something totally different
3: yeah now to be fair i don't recall them opening it up to you know malaysia or whatever anytime <laughs> recently but um, it's sort of like major league baseball in the you know the world it's series the
1: world um series yeah
3: japanese has a league you know shut up um <laughs> Anyways, Look at Look at That's what it was. Uh, you know, uh, one of uh, Ghostbuster fandom's uh, most high-profile pro- uh, sons is, uh, yeah, got himself a belt there. In the WWE,
1: yeah, WWE. So stay, stay tuned because uh, Chris is opening up the the proton charging vaults once again for a, an interview with the Intercontinental Champ, uh, Zack Ryder himself. But uh, before that, we've got some news to get into. So uh, let's let's do some news, and then uh, let's watch Chris wrestle with uh, with a champ. Egon, Peter, I have some
4: news from the world of and Now, well, here's your next month's cover of GQ.
1: All right, Chris, let's start with something non Ghostbusters 2016 for once, because this no, no, oh, brother, okay, all
3: right. <laughs> brother, I'm going to do another 20 minutes talking about wrestling. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it'd be a lot just, of me smiling at night be like <laughs> yeah i remember sergeant slaughter he was also in gi joe i kind of yes. remember that but yeah that, that got a little confusing yeah uh, rowdy Roddy piper fought mr t it died it it was all it's a blur and then at one point rocky was a movie that mr t showed up in and are they all in... shared universes? Is that what they're saying? I mean, is that what? It's all one big shared
3: universe. They should be. Yeah. I think. I think it needs to be worked out. To be
1: honest. <laughs> all right. Well, let's let's talk about Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters Two. You remember those movies from 1984 and 1989? Remember those things?
3: Very fondly.
1: The, yeah, where where it all began. Um, there was an announcement uh, this week. That they will be arriving for the first time in ultra high definition 4K, and I know a lot of you immediately said, "Huh? What? What does that mean?" Huh? Um, you know, because we just just <laughs> recently people that had Blu-ray players just purchased the mastered in 4K uh, Blu-rays and. There was a lot yes. of confusion like what's the difference between the mastered in 4K and this ultra high def 4K and And then
3: they threw some some extra goodies into the press release just to super confuse things.
1: Yeah, yeah. So
3: So we should parse it out.
1: Yeah, let's let's start with the movies then we'll start with the stuff that they sort of buried in there. But so the movies themselves are coming in this new format. It's ultra high def 4K. It's um it, it is not regular Blu-ray. Um you need a special player for it. Think think of it like 3D. You have to have the 3D player and the 3D TV you have to have the ultra high def 4k Blu-ray player oh, and you have to have know a 4k TV. Yeah. Yeah. It's, oh. it's, it has something to do with the lasers because these, these ultra high def discs hold more than a standard Blu-ray. And so the laser is different. And so oh, not even ex- your Xbox one or your PlayStation four are going to be able to play these suckers. So Ooh, okay. it's a, it's a little bit of a stipulation that a lot of people have, have disregarded so far because there's not that many discs either for these uh UHD 4k, uh, uh, players, so it's kind yeah. of it's a fledgling format, um, but at the same time, you get this pristine, ultra high quality 4K version of the movie.
3: Yeah, I had to do a little reading myself because somebody I made the mistake of calling it true 4K, and I meant that in terms of the last Blu-rays we got were mastered from a, a new 4K uh, print. Yeah. Whatever you want to call it, they did. They did a new scan and all that, and it was supposed to be uh, uh, ready for 4K. But as you say, the Blu-rays don't hold 4K. And what they did was a here's the best we could cram on of it. But we started with the best we have, right? Right. So I had to go read up, and my understanding is somebody told me it's not true 4K. It even then, it's a semantic argument because 4K UHD is the best you can get at home. And Correct. even then by yeah. you, I mean the three people that have the hardware <laughs> that have the TV and the player because, and then the only step up from that is cinemas. Correct. So there's yeah. like, there's like, um, a, a few hundred, like if, so if you, if you, if you think in terms of, you know, um, 1080 by whatever, right? Uh, yeah, like uh, a, a
1: 1920 by 1080 is what is considered high definition. High definition. HD, yeah. It's 1920 by 1080, right? So
3: when you go to 4K UHD, it's 3,800 some odd. It's pretty up there. Like it's a big jump in yeah. in, in pixel uh, resolution um, or lines or however you want to to transpose it in your head the cinemas are 4k like uh, theaters show in 4k and they're fourth just over 4 thousand like 4 thousand yeah. and some odd 4100 or something so yes even the cinemas are getting you know they get it's, they get a slightly different higher 4k but like I said you have to be a you know a digital projecting cinema to to yeah
1: well and it makes sense because they're projecting it four stories tall in front of you you know you've you've got to blow it up to a certain resolution so that it it actually still doesn't degrade when it's that big but yeah yeah and and so i mean you you brought up an interesting point too chris because the the press release that they released said we went back and we rescan the 35 millimeter negative and we created this ultra high def 4k but um, that was something that Tyler at D V D talk was kind enough to point out to me that no, this this is the same scan that they did back for that mastered in four K Blu-ray disc that, that you were talking about. They scanned yeah. it, they mastered it in four K. It's got the grain intact. They just they're, compressed yeah. it down to the nineteen twenty, ten eighty. Now you're getting it uncompressed. Well, yeah, they're
3: they're kind of they're, they're, they're they're bobbling their they're futzing with their semantics, let's put it that way. They did go back. Three years ago.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <So. laughs> they were getting ready for the 4K. And and again, it also, yeah. you, uh, to your point about showing things in theaters at that 4,000 by blah, 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 you know, um, they're also kind of readying it for the digital cinema future where all of the projection booths have ditched all of the film canisters and they're, they've got the DLP projectors now, so... You know, they can rent out a version of Ghostbusters to your local theater and and they can show it for their midnight movie when it's digital and they can show it on their brand spanking new projector. So, yeah. Um, so what is new about this? Okay. So you do get the uncompressed picture. It's a higher resolution. So it's going to look a lot better than you've seen before. Um, in theory, once once you can see it, (laughs) once you can see it, once you have the equipment to run it, they also, this was the new part of it is that they've remixed the entire movie in Dolby Atmos. So, you know, uh, the original movie was in, uh, Dolby surround, um, you know, the, uh, original, I think it was four channel or maybe even three channel, uh, but you know, just past stereo when they started getting into the 5.1 mixes and. So they've gone back to the original source material and they've created a new mix with the Dolby Atmos, which has the 7.1 that has the the speakers over top of you. And I would assume Slimer's going to fly over your head and there's going to be wind blowing in your face and it's going to smell terrible when Slimer burps in you. It's sense around. It's going to be fantastic. But so, yeah, Dolby Atmos, they've redone that. They've added it onto the new scan that they did to the 35 millimeter print. So, you know, it's going to look good. It's going to sound good. And then they're going to re- include all of the the same special features that were in that two-disc set, the Blu-ray set that came out about a year and a half ago. So all of those right. bonus features will be included. So it's not just – this is not the Superbit era or when that 4K disc came out and it was just the movie and not the bonus features for the disc space. They have the space for all the bonus features. So that's cool. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's coming out in June. Um for all of you that have the 4K TVs and the UHD players, you'll have to tell us how it looks. Um, I, I'm fortunate we have one in our office, so I'll be able to take a look at it and, and report back to you guys. But <laughs> apart from that, no, I, I would never be able to because I don't have that yet. But uh, but let's, let's talk about the stuff that was buried in this. Well, okay, there's two things we have to talk about, Chris. We have to talk about what was buried in the uh, news, uh, the press release that they sent out. Right. I also want to talk to you about these covers, man. Because, sure.
3: all right, flip a coin and and tell me what heads heads. Ooh. We talk about the covers. Tails, we'll talk about the the press release. What uh,
1: extras? The Easter eggs. Bonus and the features. Press release. Okay, so here we go. I'm flipping the coin. Oh. I didn't call it. I didn't say anything, but it landed on Tails. We'll say that Tails was the bonus features, the, the yes, Easter eggs. Was. Let's do that. I and remembered. Then, all right, it's, there we okay. go. Bonus features. Bonus features. So uh, there was a tiny little thing in there about 50 episodes of the real Ghostbusters being released on digital format. Now That's right. Uh, I saw, Chris, you fielded a couple of questions on your Proton Charging Facebook. I already have every episode of the real Ghostbusters in a box set. Why is this different? Chris, why is this different? It's not
3: <laughs> <laughs> um i got some answers and i've asked for more clarification and and uh sony and their pr reps are are kindly looking into it and gonna get back to me but by and large if you're like i have them all already on the time life thing you're, you're done walk away
1: yeah you're um
3: good. you're fine the trick is is that everybody seems to forget not everybody picked that up like that was
1: yeah, that was a limited release. Again, a limited it's release. worth pointing out that it was Time Life, so it was not officially from Sony Pictures Home Entertainment proper. Correct. So this is going to be a, a wider distribution. Yeah. It'll be at Target and Walmart and all of your, your department yeah. stores. Well, I mean,
3: this might require going back a couple of steps here just to explain to people that Time Life got the okay from Sony, which meant they footed the bill uh, to get this set together. Um, a lot of uh, people, uh, James Edick from Serial Geek, I th- was he not in there, I believe? Um, yeah. Kind of helping and, corral stuff. And Andy he's a,
1: was the guy that kind of corralled a lot of stuff. Corralled a lot of stuff together.
3: Yeah. Um, they got a whole bunch of people, including uh, you, you know Michael C. Gross and all that, to come in and talk about it. Some of the voice actors. Uh, heck, they got Strack. You know, J. Michael Straczynski yeah, talked about it. Yeah. So some extra, excellent extras, a really nice little booklet, you know, episode guide booklet. Um, and a really beautiful edition. Like, uh, all of them in uh, book cases inside a firehouse yeah firehouse
1: uh, with a lenticular cover it was awesome it was so cool uh, but it was it was th- a collector item it was, it was something a collector's that- item
3: and deke was involved i think i think they shot at deke uh and of course they had to go to deke to get the best copies they could which right, is amusing right. in itself so for you those of you who you know weren't there for this initial uh release of the 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 time life set uh there's a couple of episodes where if you watch very carefully you catch a bit of a commercial, like you get the the ghostly faded one or two frames of a commercial leaving, <laughs> because not everything survived on their uh, on their on their tapes. They basically yeah. had to go find
1: uh, like broadcast best quality- masters. Yeah, yeah.
3: Um, so so yeah, that, but that thing was comprehensive. Short of Slimer and the Real Ghostbusters, that was. All the real Ghostbusters and some extras, a lot of bonus materials and all that in one set. I right. think, think it went out the door for one sixty originally. It's then it dipped as you know time went on. They started selling you know, and now it's since they're not plug, you know pumping them out anymore, the prices started to rise. Yeah, on the set skyrocketed. Again. And it was it
1: was also you know like um, Shout Factory and Criterion. It was something that was independently like. It was one of those companies that said, "Hey, Sony, you're not releasing this. Uh, license Let it to us, us and yeah, we exactly. will put it out." Um, so, so what I, what I gathered from this is Sony is saying, "Oh, yeah, we have that cartoon show that everybody knows or kind of knows that we should release a few episodes of." So. That's that's kind of what I took from it that we're gonna release fifty episodes, maybe in like a best of set or like a highlight set or something, yeah, but that's not
3: what is is what's not terribly clear, and I've asked for like are they gonna fifty of them? What does that mean? Are they gonna do five ten episode discs at you know? a $10 price point, and it is DVD. They said DVD. Yeah, We're not def. getting it Blu-ray or
1: anything like that. Well, and, and there's really no point... I mean, unless they go back and rescan the animation cells exactly. and spend a lot of time restoring it, there's no point in it being high def because it, it was never high def. There's no, there's no point
3: being... There is no point being high def. However, I'm pretty sure you could cram all of them onto one Blu-ray disc. This is very true, would, yeah. Which yeah. would be nice in that regard. Plus, as time goes on and people are less likely to have the... Well, no, Blu-rays play the D V D, so what am I talking about? But, you know, for Storage on yourself, say, say. Yeah, I guess you could do that. But or the digital
1: the, release, which they had talked about too. That's going to save with a little bit of storage space. You'll have it on your phone. You'll have it on your iPad. Yes,
3: that's the different part. So when people say what's different about it, it's not. If if you have the the DVDs, you're the Time Life ones. You're done. Walk away. You're okay. For everybody else, and that's quite a few people. Um, you know, even though Time Life sold the steel separately, they weren't super cheap. I mean, they're selling you a steel book, for example. Um, I think they were like thirty or
1: forty bucks a, a yeah. Each. They were still pricey. They were still pricey. This has
3: all the earmarks of the fifty episodes are probably going to be way more accessible. Um, I'm hoping they curate the fifty so that what we're getting is a lot of are what are regarded as the cream of the crop.
1: Right. Yeah.
3: Um, and then, uh, as you say, on top of that, uh, I mean, digital, like the i the fact that you can then go to iTunes and you know drop that single price to get all 50 or just your favorite episodes to put on your phone. That's a big deal.
1: Yeah. I mean, to me, that's always been the no brainer, especially when it comes to like extreme Ghostbusters, something that was limited that, you know, look, you don't want to spend the money to produce a disc and create packaging and distribute it out to all of the stores. I get it. I totally understand because it's not going to sell like, um, Yeah, Smurfs or something. Something that sells really well for Sony. (laughs) Right. Um, But but throw it up on iTunes, man. That way you're... I mean... It's a digitized version of something that's probably already digitized somewhere. Throw it up on iTunes, make the 99 cents per episode or whatever, $30 for the entire thing, and yeah. and call it a day. So that's I'm, I'm actually looking forward to it. I'm definitely going to buy the digital version of this so that I've got some real Ghostbusters episodes right there in the cloud. Why not? Yeah,
3: well, the sweet spot may have been hit because my little guy is pushing for about the time these will come out. And uh, I'll be able to throw them on the, the pad that he likes to, yeah, to watch exactly. on. Yeah, So, yeah, there's a nice convergence of timing there that this might be his introduction to the world of. um Son, you've been introduced to the world of Scooby-Doo. Let me show you
1: what lies beyond. <laughs> and now here is real Ghostbusters. Get ready. Yes, yes. Well, so right. yeah, so we'll we'll keep everybody posted on that yeah. as soon as we hear more. And, and hopefully, Chris, they get back to you and we get a little bit of clarification. That may be something they're keeping close to their vest because they don't have all the details, too. Who knows? But who knows? But let's let's talk. Uh, let's talk about heads now. Let's talk about these covers. Um,
3: what aspect would you like to talk about?
1: Boy, oh, I don't know. Where to start, Chris? Um, let's let's start with the fact that okay, let let us acknowledge that Ghostbusters historically on disc format has not had very good covers. I think we can all agree on that. I mean, I do enjoy the blue and the green slime discs. Um, I'm probably in the minority. Well, um, what else
3: is there there? Buddy well, the, boy? Yeah,
1: there was that. Let's let's go back to the. Do you remember the Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2 um, DVD releases? Where Ghostbusters 2 had Ghostbusters 1 photos on it and Ghost, hold on, I'm going to, I'm going to grab them. Here we go. We're going to, we're going to do this. This is going to happen. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> oh, this is great. We're, we're diving back into the archives here. Da, 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 back da. into the archives. Da, okay. Da. Okay. Hold so music's gone. Hold music is gone. Do you remember now? So Ghostbusters: The Collector Series. This I am. I am hearkening back to um, 1999, where yes. where the cover art of Ghostbusters was this brilliant purple with Slimer, uh, you know, primping his hair on the cover, and then on the yeah. back cover. There's this really weird amalgamation of the Ectomobile with uh, Zool sitting on the hood of the car and Peter Venkman standing on the top of the, ca- the roof of the car. Yeah. Uh, not not the greatest. Okay.
3: I'm staring at my Dan Aykroyd sign copy. As Dan Aykroyd
1: sign copy. Now, do you recall the Ghostbusters two cover?
3: Uh probably once you remind me but I don't have that in front okay, of me right so now. Okay, so this
1: this was the weird orange. So the first one has the we're ready to believe you slogan on it. This one they didn't they just sort of were like I don't know what the slogan of Ghostbusters 2 was. Let's say we believe you. Yeah, that sounds right. That sounds good. Let's put that on there. So it's this weird sort of like I, I don't even know how to de- to describe this. Ghostbusters 2 not that great of a cover. These were both I mean it has the Sklarry brothers on it. So at least the 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 ghosts are correct.
3: Yeah. Well, this is part of the you can't win for trying thing. People, I hate the slime. <laughs> and then you're like, well, fine. We hand it over to the Photoshop wizards and they're going to start screwing up things up. And then you start complaining, they're screwing things they're screwing up. Things it's like, up. well, take your pick here. Um, well, so so
1: here's, here's what I cannot understand, Chris. I can't understand because y- you... As a graphic designer, you receive a key art set for Ghostbusters, for Star Wars, for whatever the property is. You get a key art set, and you go Uh through that, and you go, oh, that's a great photo. That's a great photo. These are all things that are pre-approved. The actors have already signed off on. Um, It's all stuff that they want to show up in branding and packaging. It shows up on the coffee mugs and on the T-shirts and that kind of stuff. So it goes everywhere. You get that key art. What compels you as a graphic designer to say I'm gonna put all of that on one cover, every single image, and then how how does it get mixed up to the point where like you've got you've got Ghostbusters 2 Slimer on on the Ghostbusters cover, you've got. It, it, there's just this weird sort of they have picked weird images they inverted the the ectomobile in one shot it's the like broken down ectomobile for ghostbusters 2 yeah it's it's there's, just very odd choices for everything
3: yeah well uh, half of it feels like it's not key art like the fort detmering shot which is a deleted scene and doesn't have a you know we haven't seen a terribly good copy of that picture and this one doesn't seem too much beyond what we've seen um it's on the cover of ghostbusters one so right, there's a, right. a scene like the, that's the not even the in back. the yeah it's not even in the movie is on the cover
1: but why why is the the slimer from ghostbusters 2 when lewis tully comes over and catches that him feels eating, like why that is that, feels that like, on the cover
3: well that feels like key art but i'll tell you what that problem is um and we've i've seen this a number of times they don't know Right yeah, like somebody at the end of somewhere the d-
1: has mismarked the the metadata on some of these photos or something well
3: i, I boy, I think you're assigning a really big term to something that you oh, know, yeah, didn't I exist know. way back when metadata I think these yeah. mistakes just they they propagate right, like things get filed away, and they're like, yeah, slimer. No, I can't tell the difference. It's I, <laughs> Ghostbusters 1. Uh, Ghostbusters yeah, 2, it's I don't know. Slimer. yeah. We know because we've been staring at this movie for so long and we've read all the, you know, every scrap of background material we can and read sin effects and all that, you know, with our eyes closed. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I know, you know, we see shots all the time where we're kind of like, people are like, Ghostbusters 1, and we're like, there's snow on the ground. I'm pretty sure that's Ghostbusters 2. <laughs> and people just look at you like you're crazy. Well, we're, uh, we're like, well, there's no snow on the ground in the fall of... 83 when they show i'm gonna go now um
1: (laughs) i'll see myself out i'll see myself out
3: uh so yeah i think that's part of the problem is nobody just knows and then we you can't be mad at them because at the end of the day these people aren't they're not you know team ghostbusters they're 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 sony everything and you know they love movies probably and but they don't know them super inside and out and if somebody somewhere mislabel something it just propagates down the line yeah and my um, guess uh, I mean, until it's... it hits until it hits the internet and the entire fan base <laughs> goes
1: raw. that's incorrect and and to your point uh, i think you actually you called it out to me online somewhere that you know these these covers are not for us and i i i totally understand that this is a marketing department saying look we have to sell this 4k disc to people that have a 4k set and a 4k blu-ray yes. player we we need to differentiate this from the Ghostbusters movie that's in the theaters. Otherwise, they're going to be confused. So let's put the iconic stuff like Stay Puft and Slimer and the yeah. Ectomobile, so they know what this movie is while they buy it. Okay, I'll we, we I'll need buy to into we that.
3: need to remind them as much of the movie as possible in one go. And yeah,
1: yeah, and same thing with Ghostbusters too. I get it. You know, you've, yeah. you you want to put Vigo on there. You want to put uh, uh, Janine and Lewis on there too. So, but yeah, the the beater Ecto like the Ecto one before it got. Confirmed it to ecto 1a yeah that's a strange
3: choice it's a really strange put a, choice should we put a dirty ecto on the cover yes do that that
1: makes sense i i mean uh. <laughs> now now the one thing i know that everybody has really pointed out is is poor ernie hudson not being on the cover of the first yes. image now you and i have kind of like i'm not defending this it is a really stupid thing ernie hudson should have his name and his face on every one of these Yes. Um, however, there, it goes yeah. back to contractual stuff that happened in 1984 that Ernie Hudson himself has talked about. Like, I didn't have in his contract the clause that I would appear in marketing that I would get billing, you know, top billing yes. as an A-lister above, you know, above the below the line people. Um,
3: there's Yeah, there's a number of things that have to be – this is the thing. Again, not defending it because in oh, our it's, hearts –
1: It's terrible.
3: We all know that Ernie Hudson is the fourth Ghostbusters and Ernie Hudson should be on the cover. Now, going back to the collector series Ghostbusters, they picked the shot of the four of them on the temple. They didn't have to, but But they they did.
1: did. They did. But but notice that Ernie Hudson does not get billing on any of those His name's not on there. His name is not on there.
3: I I had this conversation with several people and it's a tough one because they're arguing from the heart and they're not wrong. Ernie Hudson should be there. Then we have to deal with the real world, and the real world comes with contracts. And contracts, again, again, people argue from the heart. Well, throw it out and change it. It's like, wow. Then contracts mean nothing. <laughs> so, um, there's a lot of really weird, nuanced corporate stuff that you kind of have to have a sense of before you kind of see why. Um, the simplest way to put it is, fine. You're working your way up the the Hollywood studio ladder. Are you gonna be the guy that rocks the boat by doing this? Yeah, you know? yeah. So that's one. Nobody's really like short of Ivan Reitman saying, and now Ernie's on the thing. Like, sure, maybe we can do it at that point. And then people say, Well, why doesn't he? Again. He's there's a lot look how long it took for them to get five different rights holders to agree to make, you know, how to make a new movie, <laughs> right? Because the other thing is, is people forget, like, Ernie, you know, Ernie didn't have the power back then. He wasn't a big name and, you know, he, and he couldn't see where the future was heading and people were like, yeah, but he's here now, so they should change it. Yeah, but at the end of the day, they struck, they struck a deal with who? Bill Murray, Sigourney Weaver, uh, um, um uh harold Ramis, right yeah rick uh, moranis, moranis. Yeah. then actually sorry not even harold Ramis. i don't think he's up there but rick moranis is those are the names that were selling this movie and the thing is is that those things persist they they got it written into theirs that they're supposed to be named on the thing so to come along and change it later you now then run the risk of like again you're rolling the dice that some you know Bill Murray doesn't have a lawyer somewhere that goes, default. And again, what's the default? Like, what does breach mean? We don't know what the contract terms are. So if somebody does something like, from the heart, Ernie Hudson should have his name stamped on it. Wow. All of a sudden, a 32-year-old contract and a whole bunch of breach terms comes into play. Yeah. And we don't know what any of that means. And any of it could mean, like, Bill Murray says, excellent. Like, $10 million payday. Like, we don't know what with the terms, yeah. I'm when you breaking.
1: retroactively go back, it changes a lot of things. But I don't, you know, the the interesting thing that kind of that may throw a wrench into this argument, Chris, is that that awful Ghostbusters two DVD cover I was telling you about the nineteen ninety nine one. Uh-huh. Ernie Hudson's not on that one. So which one? The that that nineteen ninety nine Ghostbusters two, you know, Goofy, be ready to believe us thing that's like purple and ridiculous. Yeah, Ernie's not on there now. Again. That might, that might actually be an interesting uh, argument for breach of contract, but because I would believe that Ernie Hudson in his contract By would say, point, I will have 25% yes. of the same size as everybody else on the top of the poster with first billing and, you know, all of those contract stipulations for Ghostbusters 2 should have been in place for 1989. So, you know... Well, I
3: think, yeah, I think more to your point, it's actually maybe where a lot of this started. Uh, we would have to throw our brains back, you know, more than a decade and I don't recall what the discussion was but I think that maybe what you're you've brought up is a point where people actually at that point went wait a minute um and that's kind of where it's trickled on from there where over time people people always notice and again it's the same thing uh hell like (laughs) the energy drink cans came out and the the graphic art from the 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 art kit that Sony sent around to all their licensees had the silhouette of three Ghostbusters and instantly people went what no Winston and I'm like which one of the silhouettes is Ray like I don't
1: know (laughs) I have no idea (laughs) they didn't pay for any likeness rights for any of this are are we sure Egon's not on this cover like
3: Um. Yeah, and there's a couple other things to, to bear in mind. The de- marrying shot that they used, they managed to crop out his head, right? Like he's he's. Yeah, but his out neck he-
1: is there. That's the other weird thing too. Is it's like, <sighs> give the poor guy I'm, I'm some not credit and not it. even use that image. It's like a that's a just a, that's just tacky. Like that's it's awful. a bit of
3: a dog's breakfast. It, I, it really is. Um. But again, who cares? Because right now they're targeting this thing at. Like they're prepping for a, a future where everybody's going to have these, and in hell there'll be another edition. These are aimed at the guys who are. These are aimed, like, I'm not even sure that these things are designed to make money. I think these things are designed just to make noise that Sony is out the door first with a beloved title. Yeah, it's for the first
1: uh, adopters to have discs for these players that they just, you know, spent another 500 bucks on. That's what it is.
3: Let's ask ourselves a question. When these guys have bought themselves, like, you know, a uh, $5,000 television and probably a $1,000, you know, disc player, do they give a crap what's on the cover? They don't. They probably only care about what's on the disc. Just to put a capper on the whole contractual obligation thing, I went looking. If you look back at uh, Star Wars home videos, um, there's something very conspicuous about all of them. And oh, that's really? Nobody's name is on it.
1: Uh, um,
3: no matter how big they got, even later editions, they never put Mark Hamill, you know, because it's in the contract. That never changed.
1: Oh, that's they interesting.
3: So the most they had is when the the home first home videos went out, uh, Fox slapped what amounted to a modified version of. They just said put the poster on it. So they put the poster art on, and then they have the the text block at the bottom. You know, a, a, a George Lucas film, blah blah blah, starring yeah. blah, blah 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 blah, cinematography by music by all those all that stuff. The the all that stuff was slapped out at the bottom, and again, that's. What was contractually, you know, obligated for a poster, nothing to do with a cover. And when they started doing later editions, it's just the poster art. Hmm. Um, and that's persisted on. Like, how many years are on now? How huge is Star Wars? How big are these names? Still nobody's no names name on is them. on yeah. it. Yeah.
1: Although that, that brings up another good discussion point, and I know we're we're running a little long on this this one bullet about point. <laughs> we're going but for a full hour. We're gonna do it. We're gonna do it. But uh, why not just use the poster art? I know that a lot of people always ask why not. I mean, the posters are so iconic. That no ghost logo is so iconic. Why do they not just use that poster art? And I'm wondering. If it's because they've double dipped so many times and like Star Wars that, you know, when those first VHS copies came out and they had the posters on them and then they had to differentiate from that point forward. Oh, this is a new release with uh, THX audio. It's got to be a different cover. You know, I wonder if it's I wonder if it's that same logic applying itself to this that. God, that that one-sheet art that we did back in 1984 is not going to sell this movie because it was trying to sell the movie in the theaters in 1984. It's not selling this 4K disc that I want to show people as flashy and high-definition and blah, 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 whatever. Yeah, um,
3: I, it's a little column A, a little column B. Yeah. I'm sure somewhere somebody pointed out that... We can't just It's boring Like I, I'm sure somebody said It's black Nobody responds to black It doesn't pop Like somebody somewhere Yeah is, it
1: blends into a shelf It's not it gonna pop into out a To shelf. the you eyes say, Somebody's walking by With their shopping cart We That's, want you to notice
3: yeah. it From eight aisles away So Hence the green slime Cause let's be fair I like it too I'm, I'm with you And the color shift to blue I didn't hate either Cause hey blue, I right? didn't, Yeah
1: I didn't mind it, was a, it But it, it was popped a weird, on a
3: shelf It pops You can see that thing From so far away And actually to people Credit uh, part of it is the logo too, which is the whole. Why right. not just the logo on black? Because you know, you're right. The, the logo does pop, but black's kind of boring. There's a lot of design tastes change all the time. Um, you know, if Ghostbusters had come out in the 70s, it would have had a very different poster than the than it did. Oh yeah, know, ten years later. Yeah, or even go into the 60s. Like, just really go look at you know posters of the 70s and see what was a consistent style versus the eighties versus the nineties, right? Like we're, we're kind of in a rut now where everything's kind of been done. So you see those sites that do the look, here are 30 movies from the last 10 years where it's, the star's head looking to the left on a field of blue right like it's just these weird so
1: many tropes yeah exactly <laughs> <God>. so <coughs> well, i think
3: that's what it comes down to
1: it's so i mean at any rate i'm i'm not a fan of these covers again to your point chris they're not they're not for us um you know we're going to create our own custom covers no matter what comes out because that's just that's what fans do so um, And again yeah. <laughs> I don't even know that I'm gonna'm I'm i not I'm not gonna have these right away to begin with so that's part of the other problem so let's you know we'll come back to that I think if we have a lot of Ghostbusters 2016 stuff and then we're gonna get into our our Zach interview so I, I think we move on we come back to these when they come out we can do a little bit of review and roundup maybe you can fly yep. down to Los Angeles we'll take a look at them and, and see that <laughs> but uh, but so let's let's move on. Let's talk. Let's talk GB16 because um, Melissa McCarthy, her new movie, The Boss, has come out. Um, uh, Bernie, thank you so much for for keeping us uh, apprised of all of her appearances on late <laughs> night talk shows because she's everywhere, <laughs> dude. Melissa McCarthy is everywhere, and it makes sense because she's promoting a new movie. She promoting a new movie. And again, I'm gonna say it every time. No matter who you are, no matter what show you're on, if you are involved with Ghostbusters, that person is going to ask you about it. And of course. Everybody's asking Melissa McCarthy about the new Ghostbusters and she's yeah. kind of gone to some stock answers in a lot of of instances but she was on the Howard Stern show and I thought we would play a little clip of this because it's it's really interesting in terms of the camaraderie among the cast it also sort of puts to rest some of the strange rumors that we've been hearing about the production itself you know the, this is like th- this is her talking about her experience on the film she doesn't reveal anything about the movie so you don't have to worry about spoilers but this is here's Melissa McCarthy talking about her experience on Ghostbusters. The
5: Howard Stern Show.
1: Now, how's Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters. going? Are we done with it's, that yet?
6: It is. It's coming out in July.
2: Have you seen that yet?
6: I've seen the. I've seen a cut, but it's not the. It's not the final cut.
2: Did that? Did that one scare you away at all? When you, did you have to really think that through as a career move? Because I would think making the re- remake of a legendary you know, yeah. movie. I I I mean yeah okay you got Paul again uh, right. directing and all that but I would still That's be nervous big, it's a big it's, deal it's
6: a big thing to take on yeah. but then it helps first of all with once it's like okay Paul Feig's doing it right and Chris and then to do it with those to do it with Kristen Wiig Leslie Jones and Kate McKinnon yeah. you're like. Okay, we're we're like ninety eight percent there, like all the fear, and I was like, what? Why not?
2: Kate McKinnon's come on really kind of strong. Yeah. With her Hillary Clinton. Yeah. Uh, th- she's really she's good. She's
6: really oh. really good. I know. Yeah. Her just. <laughs> Did you know so her for awesome. a lot of years? I just knew her through SNL. Right. I met I met Leslie and Kate through SNL, but it's like the fact that I already knew them I and like Kristen and I have known each other forever.
2: Seems like a great load of fun. I mean, if, as as someone blast. driving in their car going to work and listening, that they could go do <laughs> Ghostbusters with those. <laughs> (laughs) people must be amazing Yeah,
6: it's like who's gonna say no to that
2: yeah is there a problem working with women that powerful in the sense that they um all try to steal the scene or or or? no
6: i don't think we i think when people are are really good it's like you actually especially we're all used to kind of improvising so that's it's more fun to set the person up
2: do you meet with them uh, outside of the uh, studio, outside of yeah. filming, and do you sit there and go through a scene and say, "Hey, maybe it'd be funny if we did this or did that"? Because I would, I think that's...
6: some sometimes it's like you know, if we're when we're getting ready, it'll be like I I have this idea, or Kristen would be like, "I think I think I might say something in here." But a lot of times, like they, we just go with it, and like everybody, everybody follows. If Leslie goes off on something, we're going to go with her, and if Kate says something weird, we're going to go with her.
2: Dan Aykroyd is one of the producers of Ghostbusters. Yeah. Does he come to the set to supervise?
6: He was there. Yeah, he he came to the set and visited. It was pretty cool. But so, I know uh, I knew Dan from Tammy, which again makes me seem like I'm in a fever dream.
2: Yeah, but I know, crazy, right? The I fact mean, that I
6: can say whenever I say that, I'm like, God,
2: I, think, I wonder if
6: I've gone nuts. I
2: think Dan Aykroyd was the greatest performer to come out of Saturday Night Live out of all of them and that's saying a lot I mean you've know, you got Bill Murray yeah. that, but I thought Dan Aykroyd more than anybody could take a character and make it his own and make you care about the character yeah. right he's special
6: He's pretty great, but i put him right up there with Bill. Yeah. I mean, I mean Bill, Bill's some kind of weird magical wizard.
2: But I think Dan must have been, like, holed away in a farm somewhere, creating <laughs> characters in his head, right? There has yeah, to be that sure. kind of... Yeah he's, yeah, he's kind of lovely crazy.
6: He's lovely crazy. Yeah. And, like, into all these things, like, he has a train, like, he has a caboose. <laughs> Which I was like, I want Dan Aykroyd to have a caboose. He's like, Oh yeah, I travel around the country in my caboose. It's oh my wonderful. Goodness. I was like, I'm sorry. Did you say? Did you say you have a caboose? And he's like, I'd put it under the back of a train.
2: And you think he's doing a bit, right? And yeah. then you realize, and then, he's then not. I'm like,
6: I hope to God he's not. And then he's like, Yeah, and through crossings, uh, he'll. He's like, Yeah, I'll go out on the back and just wave to people and confuse them. And
2: he's <laughs> the guy who originally wrote Ghostbusters, right? Because yeah, he was he fascinated by aliens and all that. Uh, you know,
6: he, I believe, he and Harold. Ramus wrote it, right? I believe. I hope I'm not saying that wrong. And,
2: and I'll so, hear about it uh, if I am. So when they decide to make a remake, who decides to do that? Ivan Reitman? Who's uh, who's in charge of that? I
6: mean, I don't. I think they've been trying to do something forever, and then Paul really wanted. I mean, he's he calls it a reboot because he didn't want to say it's a continuation. It's more of of just like a kind of retelling of that story, but it it works. I mean, I think it's been so. It's been so long since the original that I'm like, if somebody just came to you and said there's ghosts in New York City and there's four unlikely heroes, I'd be like, yep, that that sounds pretty cool to me.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I, I, the
6: story I, still works. It's still just a cool. I love like underdogs. I love unlikely heroes. I love that kind of movie.
2: I thought it was, um, you know, I, I gotta say, when they first announced they were making doing a remake, I was kind of like, mm, I don't care. You know, I've seen the original. I don't care. I don't care. But now that you say who it is, who's in it, and who's uh, directing it, I guess it, I, I'm really yeah getting kind of worked up about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it's 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 got to be something intriguing and new about yeah. it. And it is. It is a new idea. It
6: is a new idea
2: yeah does ackroyd come on the set and starts telling you like you know i don't think this is right i don't think aliens would do this or that you know not you know what I mean like the, the, the no. or ghosts or whatever i mean no there's none of that
6: no he's just kind doesn't of work there. that way no light. he's just
2: does he have you over for dinner or something like when no you sto-
6: but i wish i want to go on that caboose when you
2: start shooting a movie do they have a dinner or something where everyone gets to know each other they
6: do they do yeah i mean we already knew each other so it was Kind of like we shot it in Boston, so we're like, you, you want to go out on a boat? And we would just go out on a boat a lot and have dance parties.
2: And so, how long are you in Boston doing a movie like that?
6: It's almost four months.
2: So four months with those yeah. ladies, right? Yeah. And you get really close.
6: Really close.
2: It's, is is there a come down afterwards? Because like after four brutal. months, brutal. It is
6: brutal. the The last day was so crazy. None of us, none of us, could keep it together, and it was. You mean you
5: started crying? Oh,
6: my God. Like, every, every scene became, like, scenes that were not supposed to be that emotional. All of a sudden, it was like, hey, you want to go get a soda? And one of us would be like, you wanna get a soda. And Paul really? would be like, guys, guys, you're just getting a soda. You're it's not, not that emotional. You're not all dying in it. We're like, we're like we Really? Were, I, it was, and if one would go and i swear to god i could feel if leslie was about to go and then i would like it was this horrible chain reaction just because we'd gotten so close and i really like i love those i love those women and i don't know it's like going to summer camp you spend so much time with them you're you work so hard and you're living with these people and then all of a sudden you know it's going to be over and you think i'm going to go back to like talking to you once every like three months and it's going to crush me.
2: But mm. By the way, what a nice story that is because a lot of times, as you could probably tell us, it goes completely opposite. Yeah. You can't stand the people you're working with, right? Mm. And you have to just somehow muscle through it.
6: Yeah. The last day, every time there was one, oh my God, uh, I'm sure he thinks there was somebody there on set and there was this guy there and every time he walked into the room, we were having like a breakdown and then we were like, we're fine. We're fine. We're fine. We're so sorry. We're so sorry. And then we'd start talking normally. And one of us would go again, and every time this poor fellow was like, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to step out one more time. And we're really? like, he's got to think we're crazy, like fully crazy.
2: Yeah, because you're, you're almost not being professional.
6: No, we were nuts, like at that point. There's now, just I have great crazy pictures of all of us just
2: and And weeping. I have to tell you, I was so seduced when I did a movie that I was I was sure that all the people that were in that movie were going to be my best friends for the rest of my life. And then the odd thing happens. Everyone goes off on their own. Maybe that's why you were crying. Everyone goes off on their own. And as much as you think, oh, yeah, Kristen Wigg is going to be in touch with me, then she's not, right? It, that's the heartbreak. Not
6: of it. like you are. We still text each other constantly. Right. There's just a lot of weird texting going back and forth between the four of us. So we actually do stay in touch. But. Most of the time, you leave and you're like, "How can I not talk to this person every day?" Like, mm-hmm. when I, you, I'm crazy about them. So, w-
2: when you guys text each other, let me understand something because you're four funny women.
6: Yeah,
2: is there a pressure in the texting <laughs> to be witty and sort of brilliant on every little text and everything is one upsmanship and everyone. it's almost like your tennis no, career. No, it's
6: it's, <laughs> it's more weird. It's more weird. I don't because I don't think. No, cuz we're not trying to one up the other as much as like we're trying to say something weird to each other probably. Is
2: there pressure in that to be wonderful and to be fabulous no. in those texts?
6: no because i i'm i oh god no if i'd start thinking like that i never i barely communicate with people if i stop texting i like i literally become like a hermit right it's all i've got
2: <laughs> so so the new movie did you feel as close to uh Kristen bell afterwards is yeah. it you had the it's, same experience again? yeah
6: it was i i i get heartbroken whenever whenever it ends and like I don't know i just i mean one i think i'm crazy lucky that i haven't done anything with someone i haven't been nuts about
5: the howard stern
3: show
1: so yeah chris it it this this clip contradicts all of those dramatic nonsense rumors that we had heard about you know these guys are friends they text each other they were sad to leave um again, some of it could be lip service. You know, everybody says that they become instantaneous friends on a film set. I get that. But yeah. uh, but it, it, it seemed to come from a genuine place. And she's reiterated this everywhere that she goes, too. You know, she was on the James Corden show, and she was on the, the Tonight Show, and she's she's been yeah. everywhere. And she sort of comes back to this, like, God, I just had so much fun on this movie. Why would she say that if she didn't have fun on the movie?
3: Yeah, and the thing people forget is that um, sensationalism sells. Yeah. So, you know, Trouble on the Set is more exciting than Everybody's Having a Great Time. Um, I mean, I was listening to a podcast. I think it was... Gilbert Godfrey's got a podcast, which is actually kind of fun to listen to. And he had Michael McKean on. And it ties into Ghostbusters because he was supposed to get the Lewis role. This is true. Well, had, which anyways, you know he, if you
1: listen to our show religiously. but That's right. He,
3: um, uh, you know, uh, Gilbert... Uh, brought up the whole um, Cindy, what's her name? Is it Williams?
1: Oh, yeah, Cindy uh, uh, American C- Graffiti, Cindy Williams? Uh,
3: yeah, as in Laverne and Shirley? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cindy Williams and um, uh, Marshall, Penny Marshall. Penny Marshall,
1: yeah. Laverne okay.
3: and Shirley. He asked outright, "Is like, is it true they hated one another? And he's like, nope. Like, just... <laughs> it was overblown it, the year that they had a breakdown sort of thing it wasn't between each other uh Cindy Williams was you know about to have a kid and Penny Marshall wanted to go make movies and it was all just kind of shifting and changing and Cindy Williams had Uh, a beef with the studio more than anything but her and Penny were fine so you know what I mean like so all these years this rumor persists they hated one another and
1: there's Michael McKean who was on set going nah nah they had a bad day once and it got overblown because that's what the media picked up on so uh, could have been same thing when tensions are running high towards the end of a movie everybody's kind of tired of each other think of think of all the times that during summer break you hung out with your best friend for like two weeks at their house and by the end of that second week you were ready to go home man you were tired of that person
3: well it's just weird
1: oh boy
3: i speak to you now as an old man children hearken <laughs> on to me people have kind of got it into their heads that when there's a fight it's over whereas uh, boy the adult world would fall apart if it was like that
1: yeah
3: they, they seem to forget that there's this whole thing where you you duke it out you go to your corners, you cool down, and then later somebody comes out and says, we cool? We're cool. And then yeah, you move cool. on. Sorry we
1: disagreed. Everything is right. cool now. Yeah. But this thing was like, oh, fight! It's
3: all over! We can never be friends! Oh, come on, kids. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I I can certainly believe that somebody might have seen something or somebody said, oh, yeah, they're... I mean, hell, there's Hollywood's filled with stories with the director and the writer were going at it, and these are still guys who still have drinks and all that sort of thing, right? Like there are there are true blow ups and breakdowns and fallouts and all that, but in any creative working relationship, some heads are gonna butt.
1: Yeah, I feel like it's it's one of those things where heads butt on a film set, no matter what it is. But you always you disagree on things. You have it out. You have these arguments, but they're they're in the creative process. They're in the moment, and that might have happened. And then some PA picked up on it. Was like, "Oh, dude, I saw Melissa McCarthy fighting with Kristen Wiig," and yeah. it could have just been something that they were debating as to a, a direction or whatever. And it could have been totally different. True
3: so, professionals pick up and move on. Yeah, exactly. Um, so. Yeah.
1: But let's, okay, let's talk about this uh, Entertainment Weekly article. This actually just came out as we were recording. um, But uh, Chris Hemsworth, not on the press scene for The Boss, quite obviously, but also all of, like we talked about last week, all of the magazines and, and big you know, media outlets are doing their summer movie previews and they did one about Chris Hemsworth being a great ad-libbing actor and how he kept his own with these four, you know, uh, comedically trained, uh, actors on the Ghostbusters set. Um, and and, you know, it's, it's a lot of the same sort of like EPK kind of fluff, like Chris Hemsworth, he's a funny guy. You're going to have to see him in this movie. But there was, there was one funny thing in that article, Chris, that I thought was worth pointing out when, um, when Paul Feig had talked to Hemsworth and he was like, look, you're going to be playing these, these ladies dopey assistant. um, But here's what I'm going to do. I'm gonna give you a bunch of jokes in the script, so you don't have to improv. And uh, he says, like, D- don't worry, you know, Katie Dippold and I will be on set. If anything comes up, we'll throw jokes to you, so that you can you can hold your own with these people. Yeah, don't
3: don't feel like you have to come up with stuff on the spot.
1: Yeah, yeah, don't. I mean, if if you're nervous about it, it's totally fine. So he he tells the story about how. In his interview scene, uh, and again, probably spoilers, if you don't want to know anything about the movie, just hit the 15-second the skip button, but it's not that big of a deal. In his interview scene, the um, the four leads are ad-libbing some questions with him and throwing stuff with uh, at him, and he started throwing stuff back at them. And Paul Feig says that I looked to Katie Dippel, the screenwriter, and I was like, did you write that for him? And she's like, no, I, I didn't write that. He just started improvising right there on the set. And it turns out he's pretty good at it. I guess he was making them crack up. And yeah. you know, they they wrote this part who's kind of like, it's a snarky kind of guy who just doesn't really give a shit about the job. But like Chris turned it into his own and he started ad-libbing this part and he really molded to the character, which to me is a good sign if you take chris your interview with rick moranis into mind where he said that first movie everything was so organic and we were just stuff was changing on the fly it was very fluid and everybody was creative and we were coming up with these jokes on the set and yeah it, it feels like that same spirit no pun intended has cover as carried over into this new movie just based on this one little paragraph in an ew summer movie preview which i yeah, love
3: it- I hope so. It's a larger article than like, cause we've heard before there's been comments about, oh, Chris Hemsworth is really funny. Um, and this was, all you know, a lot more talking to the point, like quotes from Feig and McCarthy and uh, McKinnon and all that. Um, somebody else pointed out, I think the first one I pointed out, there wasn't much meat to it, uh, but it literally just said, they think he's hilarious. And somebody pointed out, do we not remember him in Thor, like smashing the cup on the yeah, ground? He smashes like he's, that coffee
1: cup and asks for another. Not <laughs> like necessarily that he
3: improved it, but he still had to, you know, carry it off. You know yeah. what the secret to, to good comedy is, right?
1: Yeah, timing. It's a, t- uh, yeah, timing. I was gonna, I was gonna do the joke. I, you know what the other secret uh, is? Knowing your part. <laughs> uh, But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, to me, again, it's just one of those promising things like the Kevin Smith interviews that we played a couple episodes ago, where it's like, you have this talent in this movie, there's gotta be some good stuff in there, Um, and not to get back into it, but Batman, Superman, there's gotta be some good stuff in there, because you have these great visual artists, you have these great actors, you have all of this talent working on the movie, there has to be something in there that you love, so, um, you know.
3: Yeah, you put all that that talent together i think the worst you're going to come up with is average
1: yeah i mean if worst that happens is it's mediocre and we go eh, all right well that was fun i'm glad i spent the 12 bucks to go see it at a matinee and i'm yeah. fine you know so uh, it, at any rate you know there's going to be a whole lot more of this media coverage especially knowing that we're under 100 days until this movie comes out so i, I expect that we're going to start gleaning little bits and pieces uh from this point forward we're, we're going to really filter it out so that there's nothing big spoilers. We're not going to try to, you know, oh, my God, you'll never believe who shows up in the movie. No, we're not going to do that from this point forward. But, um, but what I do want to talk about, there's two other things Ghostbusters 2016 related. Then we're going to talk some merch stuff and then we're going to get into that proton charging vault. But the April Fool's joke that Sony corporate put out. Um, this happened, it was a week and a half ago by the time that you listened to this. So speaking of timing, yeah, speaking of timing, April fool's well beyond the point, but it, this was another one of those classic ones where we record on a Wednesday, the episode comes out on a Monday, April fool's was on a Friday and it just, well, uh, it's well, lost. I,
3: I meant, I meant they pulled the trigger on their April fool's joke slightly early. Well, they, um,
1: they leaked it early and then everybody goes, huh? Huh? And, oh, okay, I get it. It's an April Fool's joke. Look, the press release is dated April 1st. But basically, Sony corporate um, out of Japan, uh, which is great because there was an English and a Japanese version, um, they announced that they were going to be releasing a Proton Pack from Sony Electronics, and it was this big, verbose press release that said that it was going to be Bluetooth-enabled and you could stream to your TV and just ridiculous, over-the-top stuff. That was uh, It was funny, and it, it came out with a video that gave you a good sort of 3D render of the new Proton Pack. Totally harmless, totally... Oh, I, I looked at it and I was like, oh, that's really cute. Alright, good on you, Sony. You guys have a good sense of humor. Yeah. People really blew this out of proportion in my my eyes, that there were people that said, oh, this proves now that they're connected universes because they mentioned Egon Spangler. <laughs> um, how dare Sony uh, treating this like it's something that's farcical, that you can release a proton pack <laughs> like it's a new cell phone, blah, blah, blah. Just... Blah, 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 blah. blah. It was a joke. It was one of those things that you were meant to click on for 30 seconds and then move on with the rest of your day. (laughs) How can you find something to hate with that? I I mean, I thought it was cute and then I was done. End of story. Again, can't win
3: for trying. If it had uh, just been developed by... Jillian uh, Holtzman. Jillian Holtzman. Who would have been Egon Spengler? Who would And it said, developed by Jillian Holtzman and Egon uh, Spengler.
1: Oh, the universes are connected. Oh,
3: boy. Calm can't down. Can't
1: win. You just can't win. And- well, let's,
3: let's just be honest here. It was it was a thing shaped like a proton pack with all of their electronics buzzwords built in that yeah. made it sound like the pack would record images and the projector would, you know, the thrower would project it back that who thinks that makes any practical yeah, sense it doesn't
1: make any sense and they they really did their best to make it a parody of the like johnny ive you know um uh, apple commercials where it's like the black proton pack on the white background and it. Uh, I mean, again, it was just it was a total harmless joke.
3: <laughs> yes, and it has a cyclotron. No, nobody's yeah. selling you a
1: cyclotron. Yeah, I mean, come on. <laughs> so anyway, so I I thought it was a lot of fun, uh, it, worth mentioning on the show, even though it is a little little late. Um, the other thing I, I wanted to talk about, Chris, was. Last week on the show, we talked about people seeing the international trailer before Batman versus Superman. And we, That's right. You and I sort of, uh, we speculated as to why that might have been. Maybe there were um, multiple versions of the trailer and the hopper. Um, so we, we had, we assigned our best intern sleuth onto the case. And what they found out was that- What's his name again? Uh, Steve. Steve. Steve the intern. Of course. Steve, yeah, that makes Steve, sense. Yeah, Steve the intern. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, um he he got to the bottom of it and he found that the distributors at the movie theaters that are in charge of, you know, programming what you see when you sit down in those seats and you watch a movie. They were told to delete trailer 2 from their systems. Trailer 2 if you're playing the home game was the domestic trailer that came out. I don't know why it was named trailer 2, but it was the domestic trailer was named trailer 2. Probably because the announce was trailer the 1 or was trailer one. That's right. so, something to that effect. But they asked every projectionist, distributor, movie theater chain to replace Trailer 2 with what they are calling Trailer 4.
3: Four, which fits with your announcement thing. So announcement, trailer announcement, trailer, trailer was one. International Domest- is Domestic three? Domestic was two, International was three. And then this mean-
1: weird hybrid trailer that people saw in front of Batman, four? It
3: sounded like it was four.
1: That's my guess. So... Uh, so what it boils down to is people that saw the domestic trailer didn't heed whatever the, you know, the dictation that these distribution like digital, like like um deluxe digital and the places that give you the movies and the trailers that you're supposed to show. They didn't see that. They didn't know that they weren't supposed to show that particular trailer, that they were supposed to show this new trailer. So I think what it's saying is that our theory from last week was correct in the sense that the studio updated the trailer based upon x y and z factors and then they told everybody show this trailer instead so it's interesting you know i wanted to do that update it's an interesting food for thought for that discussion um, don't,
3: o- I- don't overthink it everybody
1: don't overthink it i wish i could see trailer for i don't know if it's identical to the international trailer it sounds like it actually is it's, it's pretty it was much pretty the close
3: uh, like i said nothing stood out at me that i went hey wait a minute
1: yeah. So, I mean, but it, it seems like that's sort of the hero trailer moving, moving forward, which makes, makes a lot of sense. But, um, so anyway, so uh, d- again, don't read into it. This is again, what happens like that's the the new hotness trailer that they wanted to get out there. It, it may also factor into the response to the trailer. Uh, I have a feeling that is a good, a portion of it, but, uh, you know, at the same time, Man, all the trailers are out there. It's not like they're trying to hide something. So, you know, look at look at it that way. But um I wanna talk about merch. Let's see, we're we're an hour in. All right, we've got merch, merch time. Merch, merch There's merch, really merch. exciting merch stuff. Chris, there's some, some stuff that Proton Charging got the exclusive on. Do you wanna tell everybody about that?
3: Yeah, we we'd heard about them before. The um uh, the Mr. Potato Head. Um not Mr. Potato Head itself, which is Hasbro, I think.
1: Yes, But correct. there
3: is a third party, um, whose name I now know is PPW Toys. They make, oh, what would you call it?
1: Like the X- tie- tie-ins? Kits? kits? yeah, Pop culture
3: kits? To, yeah. So when Mr., or when Hasbro doesn't go out and get the license, these guys make it, uh, they do, and they make it so that it fits, you know, your Mr. Potato Head stuff. Um... Anyways, we knew that they were going to make some stuff, and they they showed us some pictures. Um, officially, the products are called Ghostbusters Pop <laughs> Taters.
1: Pop taters
3: pop taters. <laughs> well, uh, apparently, all of them. You know, that's what it is. It's all pop culture. Yeah, stuff. pop culture. Yeah, yeah it exactly. Makes sense. Um, the the Ghostbuster looks great because you get some uh, Ray with ecto goggles, hair, um, of the suit. Um, I mean to be honest these are meant to just sort of tickle our funny bone and our whimsy rather than be you know mix and matchable play yeah, yeah, Playable like the, by the
1: kids like the vinyl like the the Funko pop you know they yeah. they're stylized and they're they're cool and look really good on a shelf you know, the, the that's hair, what i get
3: the from hair these. pop yeah the hair pops on and off the face pops on and off but essentially it's the potato sitting in a Ghostbusters jumpsuit uh cup uh, and the stay puff is even more along that lines it's it's basically the potato is in a stay puff exoskeleton yeah it's, it's like, like the
1: <laughs> potatoes in a halloween costume which i think is kind of funny it's like <laughs> like There's, yeah
3: but but it's very cute uh they are going for 20 bucks I believe the oh, press release said. that's not bad said. at all.
1: I mean, that's, no, that's great. That's, that's a great price reasonable. point.
3: And then the other thing they're putting out is a line of nesting dolls, Russian-style <laughs> nesting dolls of the Ghostbusters. <laughs> and those are fantastic. Um, oh, man.
1: And it looks like they're all within Stay Puft? Like, Stay Puft is the main master. He's and the then largest,
3: right? And makes then it, sense. It goes, right. uh, uh, if I recall correctly here, Ray... Uh, Peter, Egon, Winston, and then the tiny little peanut inside, which again is for those of us who who know how the movie got made, uh, the little peanut inside is, is Slimer. <laughs> uh, and to be honest, he's probably looks about as good as the, the Slimer in that as one As the scene. one that
1: was in the movie. Yeah, exactly.
3: Um, yeah. And then the other great thing was the press release made it sound like it kind of hinted that there might be more to come. Ooh. So... I'm kind of hoping that means that you know the Pop Taters line may open up into like where's our Slimer Pop Tater? That's right, an obvious right. one, right?
1: Well, and and the tie-ins to the mo- the new movie, I, I would assume that's yeah. a no-brainer. If if Hasbro proper is not doing those, it seems like they would be doing those as well. But yeah,
3: I mean, there's a lot of of stuff you can take from the movies and put a uh, Slimer at a minimum. I hope comes along and PPW toys, you know, they're not just Pop Taters, they're not just nesting dolls. They make lots of stuff, so I'm hoping that that they have this license they're going to start applying it to a lot of their different products Um, yeah because of course, in a world where we sit there scratching our head at like Ghostbusters pogo sticks and stuff like that, <laughs> Ghostbusters <laughs> nesting dolls, I'm all over. Like if they've got more stuff like that, bring it on. I want to see. Yeah, it.
1: I mean, I know there's a lot of it's. It's one of those easy things for the haters to latch onto that they're, they're just going to strap the logo onto everything, which is what they've been doing for the last <laughs> thirty years. If you've been paying attention, but that's what I, every
3: dude, IP I love does. It. That's yeah. a sign of health in your yeah. franchise,
1: by the way. Like
3: why is why is that suddenly a bad thing? Nobody sits around going. Ooh, oh god i was gonna pick some i am obviously a father because like, there's a paw patrol on everything nobody knows what paw patrol is. i have no idea what paw patrol is That's i'm sorry <laughs> paw patrol <laughs> paw patrol um it's it's a kid show
1: but, but it's, it's also something they're not they're not licensing though it's there's not like toys all over the place for it or it's
3: everywhere or oh, is it? you know oh, okay pick something else like i don't know hello kitty or something like stuff that is everywhere yeah, yeah. um it's and a again, good sign. That's a good sign this, that there's this much merch is a good thing. Well, like um, the,
1: like the, my emojis, my, is that right? My emojis that are on our rundown that we were going to talk about too. That's I, right. I don't really understand these. I think they're cool. Again, they're the blind box things. I think that, you know, there's a lot of people that are out there collecting them and and doing that kind of thing with it. But
3: yeah, these are super meta. Um, I don't quite understand the technology <laughs> involved. I know that, For example, for Fallout, when Fallout Shelter came out, there another app came out that you installed, and it piggybacks your emoji system, so that when you're sending texts and all that, you could drop in a little Fallout emoji, which, to be honest, was a a, a tiny little animated GIF, which might be what it was piggybacking in. Right, right. Um, But yeah, all these other systems, like you can buy emojis that get added in. Uh, you know, extra emoji kits that can go, like, it's, I don't and I don't understand that there doesn't seem to be any standardization, like I can get Facebook emojis and stuff like that, like, (laughs) that don't I don't know how they mix and match sort of thing, but in this case, they've gone weirdly meta in that you buy this blind bag, as you said, you get a little, a little 3D ball, right? The, The head, the little emoji head, but it's all Ghostbusters themed, but Coming with it is some code that allows you to. You get use the it emoji with
1: f- it. Yeah, that's what I don't quite <clears> understand. <throat> is that you get it on your phone? Yeah, like a download kind of thing.
3: So I don't know if that means like it's gonna come along and you put the code in and it unlocks it. Like I don't know if they've made arrangements under the hood with Twitter, etc. That once you unlock them, they then become available, or if it's a hmm. piggyback app like. The fallout like a, one i I don't yeah. know at the end of the day it's hard to say you lose out because you've got these cool little little heads, and there's boy sixteen or so of them, like each each character, so a ghostbuster, a couple of the ghostbusters, uh actually all the ghostbusters, I think, and a slimer and a stay puff and a the no ghost logo head, and they all have different expressions, so you have your unhappy one and your you know tongue stuck out one and your smiley one and all that yeah. um. So, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, worst comes to worst, you have these cool little collectibles, but apparently they'll work magic on our phone.
1: Yeah, and apparently you end up getting, like, a Ghostbusters emoji set or a keyboard or some, something yeah. somehow. So, I mean, again, but again, it, it boils down to the everybody saying, well, they're just slapping it on everything. I That's, that's cool. A lot of people use the emojis, man. I use the emojis. My yeah. wife doesn't like the emojis, but I use the emojis, and... I'm it, telling you now. The
3: minute I get all these emojis, emojis, I am in. I am recreating the entire movie <laughs> on Twitter <laughs> using the emoji heads.
1: It, stay get, tuned. That's going to be a lot ready. of fun to watch. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So I mean, again, much like we were talking about with the summer movie preview, I feel like this is just the start of a lot of things that we're going to start seeing in terms of like ghostbusters battleship ghostbusters clue all the things we talked about last week i, I bet those are on the horizon so you know oh, we didn't cool. talk
3: about battleship what
1: would that be I god that that would be awesome if it was like containment unit battleship or something like that or we talked
3: about clue though i'm down with clue
1: clue clue i'm down with i feel like there's a lot of those that sort of inherently lead themselves into to ghostbusters but battles man battleship would be fun God, yeah. what other game? Now I'm thinking of other games that might be re- like Ghostbusters: Risk. Ooh,
3: Hungry Hungry Slimers.
1: Hungry Hungry Slimers. Yeah, there we go.
3: That oh, oh that's a win right there. Slimer and three other three other ghosts, reminiscent yeah. of the.
1: Well, it's like two terror dogs, Slimer and uh, Stay puff There you go. Sold. Oh, come boy, on. What else we got? Let's come on. We got ideas. We got merchandising ideas.
3: Yeah, we haven't <laughs> given away some million dollar ideas yeah oh, well, let's there's see another what
1: else. one yeah there's another one
3: well i think a ghostbuster branded ouija board is yeah, ghostbusters uh, ouija yeah
1: absolutely
3: absolutely uh hungry hungry hippos uh i guess the old board game there already was a real ghostbusters game that was reminiscent of mousetrap so maybe not no, that that
1: was pretty fun i, I enjoyed that one uh boy um, well, let's let's open it up to our uh, our listeners. That's if you a guys, good one. If you guys yeah. have ideas, you know, board classic board games that we could end up, you know, with a little Ghostbuster spin, what would they be? Uh, call call into that voicemail line and tell us what you think.
4: Hey guys, uh, my name is Robert. I like to say thank you for the awesome podcast. I've been really been enjoying it. I've been going back and listening to all the old stuff. So I wanted to say thank you for that. Hope I'm featured. If I am, what's up, guys? Anyway, I'd like to say thank you very much for all your hard work and dedication, for all fellow ghost heads like myself, and I just want to keep wishing you guys the best of luck. Thanks. Hey, Chris. Hey, friends.
5: See what I do there. It's your friend, Bernie, from Hempstead, Maryland. I love the Ghostbusters on the Mott's Fit. Used to do that more often. Reminds me of World War II propaganda. (laughs) So, uh... Keep up with the podcast. It's great, like already and
3: like always, <laughs> see you on the other side.
5: Hey guys, it's uh, Daniel, Cliff, Peckham again. Um, love the podcast. I love the show. You guys are great. You're awesome. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to the movie. I honestly am. Um, I had my doubts at first. I was initially kind of, eh, I don't know, but. You know what? The original instilled in me the love of comedy, science, horror, parapsychology, ghosts, filmmaking, everything like that. And honestly, if this movie ignites that fire in just one person, hell, even one kid, then that movie has done its job. And, you know, the world will be, I'm honestly better off. Because that means there will be another person in the world, or another kid in the kids world, that wants to run around as a Ghostbuster, or wants to, uh, you know, wants to make movies, or, or, you know, work in comedy, or work in science. I mean, STEM is huge, guys. It, it, it's awesome, and I am in it. Sorry about that. Um, anyways, I will catch you guys on the other side, and looking forward to the next episode. Take care. Um, and, of course, dude, if you ever get out, uh, way, um, just be careful of the undead. If, you know, it's a zombie capital world, these really rough around October, just, you know, watch, watch out. All right, take care, guys.
1: All right, Chris, finally, finally, we're going to get into our, our intercontinental champ, Zack yeah, Ryder's interview. Brother. Do you uh, do you want to set this up? When when did you record this interview with him, and and what was sort of the context of what you talked about?
3: Almost two years ago. Um, summer of what year is it? I think 2014. Summer of 2014. Um, and I was talking to a bunch of different uh, Ghost Heads and Ghostbuster VIPs. It's the same around the same time that I got to talk to Michael C. Gross. Um and Shortly before then, I just kind of happened to randomly trip over the fact that I, I think he started following me or whatever, and I, at the time, kind of hazily remembered that he had shown up every once in a while in the news, like he had uh, the no-ghost uh, hand-painted on his uh, knee pads, his wrestling pads and stuff like that, and I went, oh yeah, he's a ghost head, and so I reached out to him, and he was kind enough to let me uh, twist his ear there for about a half an hour or so. Oh, nice. So yeah, I mean, to be honest, um, I don't wasn't quite sure if the world was that interested in listening to uh, other fans necessarily, but uh, given that the man is now the intercontinental uh, champion, uh, yeah, I think. Now more than ever. I yeah,
1: suppose. good good time to dip into the vaults and talk to uh, what sounds sounds like a nice guy who also breaks skulls
3: for a living. So uh. yeah, he he's a serious he <laughs> when the the uh, Ghostbusters art uh, tour went around and landed in New York last year, he made a point of buying and framing some of the key pieces there for his house. And um, yeah, I know he likes picking up the new stuff, and he's been. <laughs> he announces every once in a while on Twitter when he kind of manages to acquire an old real Ghostbusters piece that he remembers from his youth and he you know managed to find still boxed sort of thing so he's yeah he's he's vetted he yeah he's uh, he's um uh, actually, I think he's probably similar in age to you, and kind of uh, smack dab in the middle of real Ghostbusters. There, kind of mid to late '80s.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think I think he is. I think he's like 34 or 35. So yeah. Um, yeah. Well, here's here's Chris's interview with Zach Ryder. What?
3: I won't hold you up too long, then. Mia couple, we spoke before, and that recording is lost to the ages, which is a shame, really, because you and I had a real good plan for world peace, and you shared your goals to take over the WWE. I mean, that's lost now. I don't know that we'll ever be able to have that conversation again, so let's just talk Ghostbusters.
4: Yeah, I feel like we really nailed it that time. So I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll see what we can do, right?
3: Right. All right. Uh, one thing we did kind of touch on is kind of where you came in at Ghostbusters, because you are, uh, I guess, you kind of came in through the cartoons. Is that right?
4: Uh, you know what? To be honest, I am. I was too young to to you know to remember it was the cartoons or the movie. But my whole childhood, you know, was around the cartoons, around the movies. I don't know which one came first exactly, but when I think back. When I was a kid, you know, in my Ghostbusters, you know, like jumpsuit with the uh, the Kenner Proton Pack and all the toys, you know, I was a huge Ghostbusters fan, and I still am today.
3: And we know that because we've seen you on, uh, well, I mean, all over your social media, uh, and there's pictures of you, and then we got to see you kind of uh, in the four dimensions uh, on the Toy Hunter trying to track down some old RGB toys.
4: Yeah, I mean, uh, I always try to... Uh, Show off my love for the Ghostbusters. They even had some Ghostbusters retro gear made up that I wore one time, and then I got in trouble due to, like, uh, like copyright issues because I kind of, you know, can't really just steal logos, apparently. <laughs> I <just> guess <laughs> that's kind of frowned upon. Um, so yeah, then I was on Toy Hunter tracking down the, uh, the Ecto Charger pack. Uh, you know, what can I say? I just love Ghostbusters. Almost a borderline obsession.
3: Yeah, border- borderline. So if you go a bit further, I we'll. Would,
4: I would say so. You know, like uh, my girlfriend, you know, like, for instance, yesterday I came home with the new uh, Ghostbuster Lego set. And Lego. You know, like, gonna be like, what is wrong with you?
3: <laughs> <laughs> now, the stuff, not just Ghostbusters in general, because, of course, we all understand uh, that, but the, the real Ghostbusters toys. Now, are you kind there's of, two, there's two camps, and I'll get you to tell me which one you're in here. Is this you kind of tracking down the stuff you wish you had as a kid? Or you know, and there's you remember that sense of boy, I wish I could have that. And now, of course, you're you're a big kid and you can go have it. Or is it stuff you had and you know, mom and dad threw it out of the the, the attic sort of thing, and now you gotta you want to try and find it again?
4: Yeah, it's it's pretty much the second thing. Things I had as a kid that now I'm rebuying. And it's uh to be honest, I don't know why I decided like one day I was like, hey, I want to get the firehouse like brand new. You know, like so right. I tracked it down on eBay because um, like, I want to be able to, you know, make sure it's absolutely mint. These figures, you know, they're old, you know. So and yeah. they were played with as kids. You know, kids played with these things, destroyed them, you know, poured the uh, the slime down the top, you know. So I yeah. needed it to be brand new. I needed to be the one to put the stickers on. So uh, I tracked down the firehouse, and then from there, you know, I got the original four. I got Slimer, Marshmallow Man, and uh, I didn't get everybody, you know, because it, it would take... Way too much time and way too much money to get everything. But I just got the stuff I needed, like the xo one uh the Ecto-1A, which was a pain to get, like, those mint, you know, because I would buy one in the box. But, like, the sticker sheets, they were just so old. So, for instance, I'm like, I bought an xo one and the stickers were dried up. So you took all the sticker sheet, and there was no, like, no stick to them. You know, they they were useless. Right. And then I bought an xo one a and the stickers were all, like, Melted together, it was, a, it was a disaster. But now yes. I got them both, so we're all
3: good. Last time we talked, you had gone to the Gallery Eighty Eight show in New York. Yes. Is that right? Yeah, and you got yourself two right. prints, and you showed I got me the
4: two the prints.
3: Yeah, yeah, beautifully <laughs> framed now. Um, this is all your girlfriend makes you keep it in the den. Is that how it goes? How much of your den is? Well, um... I mean, luckily
4: uh, I call the shots. My apartment, so uh, yeah. <laughs> So uh, in my. Uh, and I have a little office where I have all like my toys and stuff. Like I wish it was on like display, but it's just like there. Just like all stacked up. You know, I have all the uh all the Mattel figures made in the box just stacked up in my closet, all the prop repl- replicas. Uh I-, I do have some stuff in one of those uh prints in my living room and then my bedroom has one of the posters and all the, the pop vinyl figures, so it's kinda kind of weird if you don't know me you come into my apartment like what this is a man or a little boy like what's going on
3: here Uh, i'm definitely a big kid that's for sure big kid well we all we all know what that's like old or new i'm not i'm not gonna put you in a corner about whether old collectibles or new collectibles but what's the what's something that you just you don't have yet but you're you're gunning for it one of these days uh to be to be honest like i pretty much
4: had everything that I want when it comes to, uh, Ghostbuster collectibles. Uh, I know a lot of people make their own and they, people search for like authentic replica proton packs and stuff like that. But I, I like the stuff that they just come out with. I, I wish Mattel, I feel like they really dropped the, uh, the ball on their line, you know, cause we all waited so long for the movie figures to come out. Cause, you know, when we were kids, they only made the, the cartoon, no movie figures and they finally right. came out. I feel like they kind of dropped the ball with the line big time, you know. Uh, There were so many characters they could have made, you know, they never made, you know, the Terror Dogs, you know, there's so many people they just didn't make. It's like, like, how many Peter Venkman's do we need? You know, I love Peter Venkman, but I don't need 10 of them.
3: (laughs) No. And then they want you to buy them in different sizes, too.
4: (laughs) Right. And then, like, you know, they tried making the X01, but then they said, well, we need to have enough pre-orders, but then they didn't show a prototype, just like a cardboard thing. Like, what were they expecting?
3: So you're pretty much okay. You're just waiting to see when new stuff comes out and you'll pick and choose as as they put out new stuff us yeah, to buy. It, yeah.
4: You know, it's cool like now that, you know, with the 30th anniversary, all these different products are coming out, for instance, like the Pops uh, vinyl figures. I was never into those. So I never really uh, even knew they existed until I saw... Uh, the Ghostbuster ones, uh, you know, the prototypes for those, and now I have a bunch of pop vinyl figures. So, thanks Ghostbusters for making me waste more money. <laughs> <laughs>
3: and the Lego set was wasn't cheap either, was it?
4: No, I think it was like fifty bucks, and I I, I was never into Legos, and uh, I bought two of them. I my I got one for my brother, and he opened it up, and then I saw all the pieces, and I'm like, there's no way I'm building this. So it's just staying in <laughs> the box for me. <laughs>
3: One one day when you uh, one rainy rainy day when you're feeling bored, you'll give it a shot. It
4: has to be it has to be
3: really rainy. <laughs> okay, you said your your childhood was a bit of a wash. You're not sure you know which came first, the chicken or the egg, so to speak. Here, so I'm, let me. Uh, we know everybody loves the first movie. We know you love the cartoon. Where do you fall in the uh, second movie?
4: I mean, I love the second movie, and uh, what's so special about these films, like we talked about last time, is that I loved them as a kid, and then you know as you watch them. Later on, as a teenager or as an adult, you pick up on all the jokes, you know, that you didn't pick up on as a kid. So it makes the movie, you know, last forever. You know, some things you watch as a kid and you go back and you watch, it, are like, eh, you know, it's not really the same. You know, but Ghostbusters is one of those special things that, in my opinion, I like it even more now, now that I, I get the little jokes and the little digs and stuff like that. And right. uh, Ghostbusters too, I love. I think, cause, you know, I might be biased I'm from New York. And you know New York City is like the focus of, of uh of, you know both movies but I love it you know the the, the Statue of Liberty walk in I mean you know getting controlled by the uh Nintendo controller you can't really uh, beat that
3: Are you a video game guy did you play the 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 Ghostbusters video game
4: I uh I used to be a video game guy and I could never ever beat like the first like 2 minutes of Ghostbusters 2 for Nintendo I could never like <laughs> get past it like I literally <laughs> I I like you. I, they, I played for about two minutes and that was it. I, I could never get past. I don't remember exactly what it was, but I never. It was a disaster.
3: Yeah. <laughs> and then the big question uh, that every fan has an answer to is, uh, what's your what's your gut feeling? What are, what are your hopes, dreams, and fears there on a third movie?
4: Uh, I was so you know gung ho on on having a third movie, but now, you know, with how everything has has worked out, and you know. Bill Murray doesn't want to do it, and then, uh, you know, Egon passing away. It's just like, what what are we going to see here? You know, are we going to see, like, a reboot? Are we going to see, like, uh, it's not going to be a true, you know, third movie. So, I mean, obviously I'm going to go see it, but we'll live up to expectations, and will it ever actually come out, I mean, who knows?
3: Right, right, yeah.
4: But if it, you know, if it gets a new generation of fans, then, hey, I'm all for it. <laughs>
3: So are you, uh, when you find yourself in uh, convention settings and stuff like that, are you, uh, you're cool with uh, the Ghostbuster fans running up and geeking out with you? Oh,
4: yeah, absolutely. And it's funny because, like, you know, I, I love Ghostbusters, and I love that now, like, it's, like, accepted. Like, I don't know what's gone on in, like, pop culture, but now, like, it's, like, okay for, for instance, I'm 29. Like, I can go to a store and buy, like, a Ghostbusters t-shirt. Like, But if I was in third grade, Ghostbusters was, like, five years ago, like, oh, what's he wearing a Ghostbusters shirt for? But now it's cool, because, you know, it's it's so weird how everything's, like, retro and vintage, and that's all, like, in style, and that's, like, the the cool trend nowadays. So, I'm all for it. I feel like everyone's kind of, like, you know, living another childhood, almost.
3: Yeah, and it helps that it's, you know, the movie's not a topical movie now. Rather, it's a classic movie that's entered the, uh, it's timeless now. We can all enjoy it forever.
4: Right. I mean, 30 years. I mean, it's stronger now, more popular now than ever. I think. I just wish yeah. they would bring back some ecto one. You know, not ecto one. one was say uh, Ecto
3: cooler. Ecto
4: cooler. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Ecto cooler. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I think cocoons, it, so we'll have to start some sort of campaign. If you I mean, if a at, cocaine... least for, at
4: least at least li- a limited time. You know, summer 30th anniversary release, right? I know who
3: dropped the ball on that one, right? And the yeah, Twinkies. I don't know. <laughs> Oh, the Twinkies. Twinkies. Where, yeah. Where's the, Where's the box of Twinkies with the, the the see-through panel on the side, and there's a double-sized Twinkie in there, and underneath it's written, Ghostbusters 30th anniversary, that's a big Twinkie. Those things would and fly. That would be a channel. hot seller. <laughs> a hot seller for sure. All right, Jack, I promised I wouldn't keep you, and I just wanted to hit the high notes there on our talk. So thanks a lot, man. Well,
4: thank you. It was a pleasure. All Radio. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Ghostbusters! I'm sorry, we'll do it
3: again. We want to hear from you. Leave us a voicemail on our calling line at 470-242-4742. That's 4702-GBHQIC. We also have a Facebook page. And Twitter accounts. Dead. Uh,
0: no kidding, just
3: give me the address. Search Facebook for... The Ghostbusters! Interdimensional prospect. On Twitter, look for Troy at Ghostbusters HQ and Chris at Proton Charger.
1: he didn't beat you up. That's a good sign. He he didn't in the middle of the interview like break a folding chair over you or I, I imagine any interview with any of the like professional wrestlers would uh, eventually end up in some sort of like a big brawl or like somebody would tag in and then like punch you in the face or he didn't he didn't seem to do that so that's that's a good sign.
3: Well, that's not how phones work. So. Uh, <laughs> it's not. It happens <laughs> actually, to me
1: all the time.
3: He, he's a super nice guy. I actually really hope that someday I'll actually. Physically get to meet him, like just shake the man's hand. Because um, <laughs> who knows how it'll go in his future? But he falls in the, the 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 face category right now. He's a super nice guy that you know is uh, all positivity and and uh, you know uh, putting putting on the 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 hero uh, character for yeah, WrestleMania and all that. Um, and yeah, it lends itself hilariously well to this strange '80s. You know what I mean? Like that hot slimer green fits well with his uh, his 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 ch- kid of the '80s. He's brought a lot of the '80s with him into his persona in the ring, which I think is hilarious. That's
1: very. I mean, that's. It seems to me like yeah, wrestling is sort of a product of that. At least the WWE is a product of the '70s and '80s, and so it, it makes sense. It's almost like paying homo- uh, homage to. Yeah, well, past, he, he nice. had a
3: fantastic picture of himself uh, shortly after his win there uh, last week uh, of him, and he met, uh, oh boy, I hope we're not getting the ra- the names wrong, but uh, is it Razor Ramon? Razor Ramon, I don't
1: Razor yeah, I Ramon, know. Razor Ramon. I wouldn't know to correct you, unfortunately.
3: And he met him at, uh, I, I'm presuming, uh, one of the WWF events. And he was the intercontinental champ at the time, and there's a picture of him and I guess his, you know, his kid brother or something like that, and uh, and uh, the the champ of the time, and he had the champ's belt over his shoulder, and then got a picture with him after his fight, uh, and. Uh, Uh, Ramon was there and uh Ramon was holding his belt over his shoulder so it was it was
1: this nice little yeah that's really cool cool.
3: I mean for somebody like me who kind of fell out of wrestling a long time ago like yeah that just kind of tweaked all the little nice nostalgia notes Uh, I thought (laughs) that and to be honest like as a fellow fan sort of thing I'm like that was his dream and I'm like well hot diggity man you got it right yeah you
1: did it man good good on you well, so Chris, uh, you know, we're, we're under 100 days from a new Ghostbusters movie. We're talking about all this new merch. We're talking about new home video releases. We're talking about one of our own uh, winning the WrestleMania championship. Uh, you've got to have final thoughts for this episode. You have to. Nah. No, well, all right. Well, well moving <laughs> no. on. Well, moving on, on already.
3: Good night. I don't know that I do. I made a promise that I was going to try and think more up in advance, and I think I had one then. <laughs> I kind of forgot it. I think mostly it comes down to I really the number one hundred kind of smacked me over the head Um, that we're um, at the time of this recording, it's one hundred days. And past this,
1: we are under we're two digits, double digits into a new movie.
3: It's yeah, exactly. And you know anything that's ninety days, like you're like, well, boy, we're rocketing towards three months, right? Like that's going to fly by in no time at all. Um. So yeah, I. It's, happening. it's coming. I have no deep thoughts other than I just hope you and I stay the course because I think yeah the the avalanche of news and merch and stuff is
1: yeah. Just it's, this beginning. is a calm before a storm. This is definitely a calm before a storm. Well, we have
3: to like you said, McCarthy was doing the rounds for the boss. That'll be over probably by um, I think next week it opens. Or yeah, like actually, later opens, this
1: week yeah when, when you are listening to this it should be in it theaters sh- now it should be yeah. in
3: theaters which means then she will be shifting gears over to full-on Ghostbusters it means that all of her scheduling and all that will like she'll take a couple of weeks off from this tour but then she'll switch over to the and next then straight
1: one straight into press yeah absolutely. and we're gonna see them everywhere and saturday night live is going to be going on hiatus here pretty soon so you're going to start seeing all of those actors hitting the tour too it's gonna yeah it's gonna start (laughs) it's gonna start really really hitting hard so my minor
3: final thought did you see uh, leslie jones and peter dinklage's oh my uh, god naked and scared
1: naked and scared it was so good
3: (laughs) a survival rating of (laughs) 5.71 for surviving compton
1: Yeah. I, I love I love how Leslie Jones always throws her her noise out there. That Noice. always gets <laughs> noise. Yeah, that was that was a really good episode, and her coming out as the dragon. God, that Saturday Night Live was. There was a lot going on in that episode. That was a pretty good episode. So, man, again, Leslie Jones running away with things. You know, I can only expect uh, that she'll do the same with the movie. I can't wait to see that. But yeah, it's um, gonna be
3: strange. McCarthy and Wake feel like they're gonna be the ones towing the, the Egon, quote-unquote, uh, straight man uh, roles. Like, yeah,
1: when you've got McKinnon and, and wacky's, Jones just yeah, away with it. Wacky's yeah.
3: going to move off to those two. God, and I'm looking forward to that. That's, yeah, that's
1: going to be fun. Well, okay, wait. So, Chris, I, I've been on pins and needles. You said you had a second taunt at the end of our last episode, and you said it was about me, and we didn't talk about it. So, i uh, Am I a WrestleMania champ? Do I have to face <laughs> Zack Ryder? Is that what this is? Is that like sure, let's in your conversation that. with him? Did he say like he called me out and I like I have to go face him now? Is that what's going on?
3: No, but last week me wasn't smart enough to write it down, oh. and this week me's too old to remember. So,
1: <laughs> well, guys are sure. safe. Man, I was really worried. <laughs> you're, I was, Troy. You're a clone. Uh, I've seen Orphan Black. This turns out fine. This is great. We can like start a little club. We can all hang out with each other. If I don't want to go to work, I can call them and.
3: I am your father. I don't know, man. It's. I got. I got no taunt. Whoa. I got no taunt.
1: (laughs) Mind blown. Well, uh, all right. Anyway, so on, on the note that I'm a clone son of Chris and, um... And the Intercontinental... And I have to face champ. the Intercontinental, intercontinental Champ In of In a cage, ladder, wide clone match. ...entertainment? It doesn't make sense. Worldwide Wrestling Entertainment? Anyway, whatever. WWF, WWE. Yeah, it's it's still, WWF
3: was taken as it turned it's out. It's still
1: WWF to me. It really is. I don't care about the pandas, all right? Yeah, Jeez. Jeez. <laughs> Those the endangered pan- the animals pandas care about you, Troy Aw, Yeah, they're cute Alright, I care about them Anyway, uh, thanks for joining us this week, everybody We'll see you all on the other side Who you gonna call?
0: Thanks for joining the Ghostbusters interdimensional cross rip. Visit us at protoncharging.com Ghostbustershq.net And stillplayingwithtoys.net That used to be one of my two
5: favorite shows You're kidding me Oh, great, what was the other one? Fastmaster Everything you're doing is bad. I want you to load it. Next week though, Careless cats. Who you call? Ghostbusters! Ghostbusters! Who can you, you Noise!